Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This week, three sides of the coins. You at three sides of the coins. Blah, 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 blah. This Dude. week, three sides of the coin. You ask us the questions. We give you the answers. It's a hit and run. Mark's first hit and run. Thank you. Popped his cherry. Be part of Three Sides of the Coin. Leave a video message for us. Head over to threesidesofthecoin.com, click on the video message link, and record your three-minute video. Welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, joined by Tommy Summers and Mark Cicchini. How you guys doing? Now, I'm good. How are you? Well, that's right. Jazz hands. Jazz, and... jazz hands now. Jazz hands. Um, so um, let's just hit the ground running here. Before we get into the meat of this, there's something really quick that I want to mention. You guys probably saw it first thing this morning. We won our first award. <laughs> yes. Three sides of the coin won an award. Um, there's a there's a great website that I've been following for years called the Great Southern dot com. It's all about all sorts of music, metal, everything else. Don, who who runs it, um, he's always right because he's got an opinion just like us. Mm-hmm. Um. He's a big Kiss fan. He listens to us all the time. And and he has what he calls his Farty Awards. F-A-R-T-Y, the Farty Awards. And this is the third annual Farty Awards. Would it and be the third annual? Oh, annual. One. <laughs> all right. Anyway, he gives awards out for albums and bands and, and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, anyway, for podcast of the year, and I had no idea this was coming. I just I follow his website, and I'm reading it last night, and boom, all of a sudden, podcast of the year, three sides of the coin. Here's what he wrote about us. Um, Three dorky dudes sitting around talking about Kiss for hours on end, recording themselves and posting it on the Internet. How can that not rule? Well, it fucking does. Michael Branvold and his two yes-men have been entertaining me (laughs) ever since I stumbled across their podcast in July of this year. Three Sides of the Coin is the ultimate dork-out podcast for any Kiss fan to just love. I love Branville because sometimes he has me wanting to high-five him, and other times he has me wanting to shit in the tank of his toilet with his ridiculous commentary. I remember once Michael himself told me, Don, much like you, I have an opinion, and I'm never wrong. <laughs> this guy is pretty much this guy is pretty much the brain fart of the kiss world for that. I salute him and his minions. We now have minions, not just ilks, but minions. 
Great podcast, great guys, and a great fucking job. Enjoy your farty award, fellas. I don't know what I. I Thanks, I, Don. I, I sent him a message going. So, what is the farty award? I mean, what do we what are we getting? Like a roll of toilet paper or stinky underwear? Or what? <laughs> I don't know what to say, but I. It's an honor. That's our first award. First, <laughs> our first award. award. We've got a farty award. We're going to put that up on the shelf behind us, and yep, you know. We're going to all have our farties. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, uh, Don, you rule, man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you are, you are, never, nice you are ch- never wrong, Don. I had a nice little chat on his uh, Facebook today, too, so it was kind of cool talking some old school metal. Yeah, fun. no, you know, I encourage you guys, go go follow his website, his Facebook page, friend him if you want. Um, cool guy. He, You know, he, like us, he's very opinionated. And and in that sense, you're never wrong with your opinion. You can't ever tell me that I'm wrong thinking Crazy Nights is the most freaking awesome Kiss record. Because to you it is. Because it is. (laughs) I'm not wrong. (laughs) And I don't care enough to argue with you about it. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what's funny. I think he and I both... We, we both have that same sort of mentality of knowing, listen, you know, we can argue until we're all blue in the face about an opinion. But at the end of the day, I'm right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, th- thank you for the Farty Award. We'd be holding it here with pride and thank you. And, you know, <laughs> I think my I think. Uh, oh, <laughs> I said. Um, my fake acceptance speech. I'd like to thank Ace and Peter for because whatever they have done in Kiss gives us something to talk about other than music. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Um, all right, so let's just let's just dive in. We're doing um, a hit and run. We haven't done a hit and run episode in forever, probably a year. We've never done one with Mark, so. Um, over the last week, Tommy's been gathering questions submitted online, and uh, there's a bunch of them. We, we've we all seen the questions that have been submitted, but we don't know which ones Tommy has gathered and which ones he's asking us. I mean, he's the keeper of the, uh, the Q&A here, so Mark and I are just going to – we're flying blind. We don't know what he's going to ask us. We're going to be That's arrested true. flying while buying. I love that tune, by the way. Oh, easy time. So, uh, Tommy, take it over. Take, take it away. Okay. Uh, first question. This one might be geared more towards uh, Mark just because of the collecting angle. But like. uh, Dave Putzbach has a, a solo album, Ace Fairly solo album, and the back cover is in purple. The the All the writing is in purple. It's not in blue. Is this just a misprint, or is this possibly a rare collectible? Didn't I bring up Tom Shannon's name last time? Yeah, that's a question <laughs> for Tom. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Like, like I said, um, that kind of stuff. I've seen people talk about variants and where the, the, the color's a little lighter. Or what. You guys got to remember, this is the 1970s. They're just doing stuff in the record plant, press, press, press. Some of that stuff at the end of an ink run, much like your, uh, um, your home computer, if we're starting to run out of ink, it might get a little bit, you know, not as dark as uh, as when the run first started. And keep in mind, especially with the solo albums, they printed so many, so damn many of them, actually. I know that it's not uncommon to have, like, a 
a gene label and a Paul label on the other side because somebody screwed up or and it's, I'm just, it's, it's not it's not uncommon that you you buy a kiss record and it's got a John Cougar Mellencamp vinyl inside it. <laughs> it's true that you happens. know that 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 sort of stuff happens um you know it's definitely a misprint in in that sense yes it's a misprint how many were were run off before they caught the problem it it's not a matter of only two of them got run off because when those big presses were running back then you know, they might have spewed out a few thousand of these things before some somebody in the printer was doing a check going, oh, we got the wrong color running here. Stop it. Yep. Um, you know, I have no idea about that one in particular, but my general experience is misprints aren't necessarily um, great, huge values. You know, it's not yeah. like that's going to be a thousand dollar record. Yeah, it's if, not if, like if, we're if the, the norm, alive two. If the normal the, ace record was worth twenty five dollars, the misprint in purple ink might be worth thirty five dollars. And yeah. and again, you have to find somebody that's willing to pay you the thirty five dollars or even care that there was a slight, you know change. Yeah, correct. And and on to what Tommy just said. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the bootleg world is caught up to the misprints of the Kiss Alive twos. I I've seen more than a few of them. Um, it's funny, though, too. They all seem to be, oh, my God, I found it in a record store for $5. You know, it's, it's the same story every time, too. I'm not saying that some people haven't. But it, much like those Creatures Vinny things um, with Vinny on the Creatures cover, as, as somebody who's been in the collector's world since the start of the Kiss collector's world, all of a sudden, at you know, at one time, these things all flooded all at once. Well, there's a reason for that. It was called home printing in Kinko's, you know, um, and that's what's going on, you know, in the KISS world, unfortunately, um, as we speak, which goes, I don't know if, if Michael, you and Tommy, because you guys went through the expos too. Do you remember when they were making the, uh, uh, the, the new doll boxes? I mean, oh, yeah. they're perfect. And then I've seen people bootleg the cereal boxes, the ice cream boxes. Look, you know, it's cool that that people have that stuff if that if you just want the image. But my big problem is when people start trying to pass that stuff along as as the authentic stuff. Um, and also that goes to the point of, like I said, uh, you know, variants, colors, and stuff like that. All kiss stuff, whether it's bootleg, not bootleg, or whatever, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Yep. And uh, much like I said on the last show, do your homework. So that's my take on that. Okay, well, let's move on then. Tim Durling asks if Kiss did another re-record, like the bonus disc that was included on Sonic or the Japanese release. What would you like to see them re-record? I can, oh, oh, I have something big time. Okay. I, and I said it on one of the earlier episodes as well. I would love to see Kiss reinterpret the a lot of the '80s stuff, much like that uh, guy did with that. Uh, All right, so that's different. Reinterpreting is different than re-recording it. That's correct. But you're, you're he's saying if they do re-record them, I would like them re-recorded like that. I would love them to take the best of the '80s tunes. And it's funny too. Um, I was just. Uh, Trying to get in gear and take some of the fans' words for it on the 80s. I just have a hard time with the 80s stuff. I like, you know, listen, I like the 80s stuff. It's not my favorite. 
And I think for the most part, Gene checked out. Some of his stuff is just horrible. But Trial by Fire is really good. I like the chorus in that song. That's another one of those songs I'd like to see reinterpreted in the original Kiss vein, because I think it's a strong song. At least it's put it this way: the verses aren't strong, the chorus is strong. I, I like I like that song. I, I I have no interest in hearing them just do a complete mirror re-record of an old song, trying to recreate it, like what they did with the the, the Japanese release. Because um, you just you can't capture, you can't recapture what was done twenty five, thirty, forty years ago. Re redoing it as as Mark is talking about i would love to hear i've said this before i'd love to hear unmasked Mm -hmm. done as a metal album not as a pop album yes that would be great that was my first choice also unmasked and then hotter than hell i'd go a step further too um i wish like on that re-record that they did uh you know for the sonic boom second disc I wish they would have played the songs in the studio the way they do live. Um, because if you listen, let's face it, we're all Kiss Geeks here. That's why we're here. I some of the, I actually like Hotter Than Hell. I really like the, the better production values on it. But then a song like Deuce, Eric doesn't play the cowbell part, you know, right before the, the, end, the end stanza. <clears throat> and it's funny because live he attacks that song so much. And then on that re-record... You know, you could tell all of them, it wasn't just Eric, all of them played their parts, you know, faithful to the studio record for the most part. And there wasn't much of the... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Current day personality in it. And, and for me as a fan, if you're going to take the time to do something like that, Put your personality into it, you know. I, I would have liked those re-records to be a little bit more uh, modern day, for lack of a better word. I, 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 like I said, I would love to hear them re-redo, have them redo Parasite with the way you know Eric soups it up, or re you know re-record uh, some of the, like I said, some like you said something like Is That You with uh, you know amping that up. I think yeah. that would that's really cool. Okay. Next. Okay. Jamie Bullock. Would anyone else in the world besides me like to see Kiss do The Elder Part 2? You know, <laughs> here, here's my answer. If if The Elder Part 2 means it's another album of Kiss original music, yeah, do it. I don't know what it's going to sound like. Maybe, you know, maybe it sounds like a metal album. I uh, I'm I'm never going to say no. Don't go in and record a new album of music. 
Fair. I'll take a stab at this. I, I no, I'll, I'll tell you why. That record in like I like it. Okay, it's 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 a cool album. I like it, but it's that's not to me a quintessential Kiss album. I, I had somebody, uh, and this is this is where I want to put this for the elder. If you're a Kiss fan, you possibly could have two favorite songs, and those two favorite songs could be Beth and Torpedo Girl. You could. I mean, it's possible. But if somebody said to you, you know what? What's Kiss all about? What If you had to give them four or five songs, what's Kiss, and I'm talking just in general, all about? Um, I don't think you could put either one of those tunes into what most people would think or what their mission statement. Mission statement is probably the best way to put it. Kiss is a four-on-the-floor, loud, hard rock band. And if you, and you can also say, look, well, well, Beth was their biggest charting single or something like that. But yeah, but that was an anomaly. Torpedo Girl is more of an anomaly. It's not what people you you could say um, stuff, and it doesn't have to be the original first six albums. You could say Strutter is 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 a great example. Where are we going with this? No, no, yeah, I'm, getting got, there. Got I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Relax. <laughs> and you, can say, you know, all the way through the hits of the '80s, lick it up and blah blah blah. Going back to the original question, would you like them to do a, a, an extension of of, uh, of the Elder? And I say no because I don't want to go there again. I didn't like that. But you brand. don't know that's where they're going to go. Maybe they go exactly what you just described as four on the floor. It just happens to be a concept album that's heavy rock and four on the floor. You don't know. If, if they did it that way, well, look at look at some of their peers. I could not stand. Uh, I can't say can't stand, but Nostradamus from Judas Priest. That's not what I wanted. Following Angel of Retribution, no way. I wanted another classic metal album. I didn't get it. I got this fairy tale, stupid story set to music, and it just didn't work for me. And that's the same thing. Is it an interesting listen? If I go listen to it, yeah. But if Kiss is truly going to do an Elder Part Two, they'd have to continue the storyline and if it's going to be in the elder vein and i think that's what the person was asking i could be wrong you are (laughs) so moving moving on then um james marsnick asks what would be the status of kiss today if ace and peter said no to the 96 reunion and never reunited with gene and paul so it's a what if what if they didn't come back to the reunion what would kiss would be like now Um, Kiss could be over. Well, I think it's an impossible question because there's no way that I could ever see them not reuniting with them. Well, that that's that, that is part of it. I, that, you know, I think it's it's it's, it's, where, it's where, just where, where Ace and Peter were at the time. Of course, they're going to say yes. Yeah, they, unless, there's unless no way they would say no. What if that says, what if Ace and Peter were multimillionaires, hugely successful, had great solo careers, and then they asked to do a reunion? Well, okay, then maybe they don't go back because they're already successful. But if you play it by what was happening, they needed it. Yeah, I can't imagine it ever not happening. Yeah, but you know what? If if, if Ace and Peter never rejoined, I could see Kiss doing what Cheap Trick does now. They'd still be playing. They'd still be touring. They'd still be doing what they do. It just wouldn't be at the scale that they're doing. But do you, do you, do you think 
and not to turn this into a whole discussion because maybe this becomes a different topic. If KISS was at Cheap Trick's level now, would they continue? Because would would that be too much of a, a hit against their ego to no longer being able to headline, play sold-out shows that they now have to go open up for Poison, play shows on their own to 500 people, 1,000 people? Is that an ego hit that they can't take that they'd rather just say, we're going to retire? Well, you could look at it this way, too. Um, if, if, if you're a musician and that's how you make a living, would you rather go work at Home Depot or open for Poison and eat and feed your family? Because, you know, let's not... Work at uh, Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> or do both, because there might be members of Poison who work at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, so they could stock shelves in every city during the day and play at night. Well, let's let's be honest with ourselves. After the Revenge tour, right before the reunion, um, they were making money doing the Kiss convention circuit. They were only playing to a. Oh, no, no, no! I, I you, oh. no, I totally get it, and that, I, maybe that's a future discussion. Yeah, let's let's leave it at that. So next yeah, for now. Okay, this one I love the way it's worded. John Radcliffe asks, "Who would love more than life to see a Revenge era reunion?" I think it would be, you know, it'd be cool for a tour, but it's not not something I, you know, I'd uh, be fighting for. Uh, you know, yeah, I agree. It would, if, if they did it, it would be cool. It would be exciting for the moment. But I think um, one thing that, that at least I can sit back and say is it definitely wouldn't look as cool as the Revenge era anymore because um, they, none of those guys look as fit and as mean and as vicious out of makeup like they did back around the revenge era let's be honest they've gotten older and as we all do you you lose your shape you know gene is not gonna look gene looked amazing during the revenge era you can put a goatee on gene right now and he's he ain't gonna look as nasty and evil as he did back then but speaking strictly musical too i love how they're sounding now i've you know, I've been a loud supporter of that. You know, since I, I like I like the way they sound now. And that's- well, I'm guessing it's just that goes back to the liking the non makeup era, and and how powerful Revenge was. I think it, you know it would be kind of interesting if they did maybe on the next cruise, or even if uh, if they did another residency and they did one show that's all post '83. I think that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun. I'd love to go, and it wouldn't even need to have Bruce. Maybe you could do it with the current lineup. I think that'd be really, really exciting. I'd like to see that on the cruise. I would love for them to, if they were to do like the Sail Away show and go, look, we're doing nothing but the 80s stuff. And I think that'd be kind of, like I said, I'd love to hear Trial by Fire done now with the current lineup. And I'd love for them to tweak the arrangement. I think it'd be fantastic. And I'm just using that song. I mean, you, there's a bunch of other songs they could do it too as well. Look, put it this way. I like Crazy Night the way the current version plays it. I thought just because of it, when I first heard it live, I'm like, oh my god, this, you know, so worked better than the studio version. It's got more of a kiss crunch to it, I guess, just because I thought the production roomed uh, Crazy Nights. Okay, alright. Lee Gertzman has so many questions, I'm trying to pick one. Um, Lee's our new Joey Middleton. He kind of is. I don't know what happened to Joey. Um, I'm going to ask this one. How would you feel about four new Kiss solo albums with 
um, Paul, Gene, Tommy, and Eric, but instead of using outside musicians, Kiss played on all four albums, and the only difference between the albums is each member had full control of his particular album. And whose album would you assume would sound best song-wise, and who is the least? So basically you get four Kiss albums, it's just you've got... One where Tommy or Eric or whomever sings every song on the record. Their their record. To me, it's not practical. It's just, I mean, I I understand where he's going with this, but it's like, I don't know. I've never never known Eric in any other capacity than to be in Kiss or Badlands as a drummer. I know he can sing. He's got a great voice. And Tommy, I think, is a great guitar player, but I don't know him anything other than Badlands, or not Badlands, I'm sorry, Black and Blue and being in Kiss. So it's like I can't even imagine what their solo records would be like. What would I mean, who is Eric's influences? Who would he... You know, would he do covers? Would he do original? I mean, it, you don't. You've never heard the ESP records? Seriously? No, I, I haven't. ESP is a good, good records. Oh my God, yeah. oh, that stuff. I tell you what, Tommy. After the show or whatever, I'd direct you over there. It's funny you say that because um, speaking of of Eric, I love the way he does the teenage nervous breakdown. Yeah, he's also been on some of those covers records. He did. Uh, God, but he you follow it so much more than I do. You know what I mean? I, you got you have your finger on the pulse. The both of you do. But you, you know, you, you know. I mean, I think what turned me off to that question or that concept is having Kiss members play on each solo record. That sort of takes it out and turns it into it's just a Kiss record. You know what? Good or bad? You know, Gene's solo album was quite interesting because of all the freaking people he went out and got to guest on it. Now, mm-hmm. if Eric and Tommy were like, you know what, maybe Tommy's like, you know what, it's my solo record, but I'm not a singer. I can't sing, so I'm going to go get a guest vocalist for every song on my solo record, and I'm going to get other musicians to come in and play, the musicians that influenced me growing up. Now I think you get an album that gives you a better feel and a better taste of who each person is. Rather than just saying, all right, it's a Kiss record, except only a different guy is singing lead on each record. Right. Well, and it's also hard for me to answer a question like that, too, because I can't help but think of it in today's terms. So we're not in 1978 where it possibly could have been a financially viable piece. So that also kind of muddies the water. Right. Well, so, you want to use that's what uh, Slash does. Well, he was yeah. doing really up until yeah. uh, recently. He was getting a bunch of different vocalists uh, to sing on his. And matter of fact, if any of you guys, once again, the music geek in me, if any of you guys got the Iomi album that uh, that Tony Iomi from Black Sabbath did, he had everybody that you can freaking name in the metal and rock world sing on his. I think he had 12 different tracks, 12 different singers. And uh, that was really, really strong. And, you know, Billy Ward from Sabbath did the same thing. That That's a pretty you know, fairly common thing when, uh, matter of fact, uh, Carlos Santana's doing it as well. Yeah, Carlos was, you know, he that revived his career commercially oh, when, when, yeah. when he did that. Huge. So, I mean, to me, that would that would interest me a lot more. And, yeah. and it's funny, speaking, I actually, out of all the members, I'd love to hear Tommy do something like that. I wish he'd record some music. I really like his voice. I really like the, the song that he got each on uh, on the last two records. And if you guys pay attention, go watch uh, any current Kiss um, show. 
Tommy and Eric sing a lot, an awful lot, sure. which I like. I because I, yeah, I, I, I for me, it, I don't care of the four current members. Who's singing per se? I care more about the songs. So, like, hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like if Paul is struggling with his voice and that's part of let's mix it up more, great. I welcome Eric or Tommy singing. Just just do different songs. And that goes, that's a whole nother thing. So, all right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> this one I just have to read. Uh, it's Jason Weldon. He's just a really nice guy, but such an ace homer. It's unbelievable. So I have to read this, okay? Ace has stated in several interviews that if he that he would like to have Gene play on his next album. Gene states he hasn't been officially asked by Ace yet. If and when Ace asks Gene to record a cover song with him, do you think Paul will let him do it? Number one. And second, and do you think it could spark a reunion with Ace if the recording of the song goes well? Um, I would say, yeah, Paul would let him do it. I don't think Paul's going to care one way or another. And will it spark a reunion if it goes well? No. It's, it's, It's going into the studio and laying down a track on on one song that's probably the extent of it i think ace's road behavior has would be more of an indicator of any kind of a reunion God, yes. than recording in a, a, a you know a song in a studio yeah his professional behavior on the road is, is just like we don't want that i'm just so sick of the topic next okay next okay <laughs> No, I know, but it's just, I, I had to read that. Oh, by the way, okay. I want to apologize, whoever, it's just guys, it's just like a week after week, ace, ace, ace. I'm like, look, I'm just as burnt as you guys are on it. Just, I love him as a guitar player, he's just a knucklehead, and that's the long and short of it. All right. Um, Peter Marino asks, and this one I'm a little confused about because I don't see it the same way. Why for Lick It Up? Did they go for a glam look when they clearly were much heavier at that point? What if they had gone with the black leather and studs like Revenge? Would it have given their music more credit then? I think the answer is that's the look that was happening in heavy metal at the time. But I don't consider it glam. I don't consider it glam. I mean, there's definitely photos of them where, you know, they're wearing a lot of face makeup and, and eyeliner and stuff like that. But, you know, I think at that point in time, what you were seeing bands in general doing was going into the Road Warrior look. Mad yeah. Max. Totally. By, by the time Animal Eyes hit, every band out there was doing that, that look. And I think Lick It Up was the era 
the time frame where bands started that that type of look. They were just following trends. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it, I, I agree with him. Um, it, 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 it was, I would call that modern glam. Um, because if, if you go back to that time period just after Shout at the Devil, uh, they were starting to add some, uh, some color to their look. Kiss was just kind of, like you said, following uh, trends. And it was considered glam to a point. So I see where he's going with this. But I would call it modern glam. But you got to remember, too, one of the things that really separated, say, Guns and Roses in the mainstream. Keep in mind, they were glammy at first. And oh, then. Yeah. But then that look then took over in the late 80s with the, you know, just the black leather jacket and, and you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, look, I was always uneasy with uh, the lick it up look. I, lo- I love the music so much, but I didn't like the look at the time. I think we also got to keep in mind when Lick It Up came out and that whole look, you're talking about a band that had no idea how to look on stage <clears throat> out of makeup. So they, 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 they had no identity. It wasn't as easy as just saying, yes, let's get black leather and do this and do that. They, 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 they were finding themselves, basically, at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, Scott Lawrence from uh, Shakopee, Minnesota writes in, if Mark St. John did not have writer's syndrome, how long, in your opinion, do you think he would have lasted in Kiss? Interesting question. Hard, I, I would say it's very hard to, to, to guess because he, he was around for such a short period of time that we really didn't get to know his personality, his dynamic within the band, how we gelled. You know, was he going to be, um, you know, a, a, a Bruce Kulick that was just solid and dependable, or was he a flake? We we just never really knew much about him to to guess. So yeah, I, you know what? I I, I actually uh, I talked to somebody who was back there at the time, and they they didn't think once Mark got going, he was going to be there for a while. He was very 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 mellow. He uh, he basically came in. He could play well, but uh, you know he almost had kind of Bruce's uh, problem too. With I mean, they didn't really get a chance. They didn't really tour much. But just from what I was told, that um, you know he really didn't have a rock star persona, and uh, you know he never really got to bloom ever. And 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 a case in point in that is too is look what he did afterward, or not. What he didn't do afterwards, he you didn't see him all over the the metal mags. He he right. wasn't trying to make a splash, and and that's what I was told in the Kiss world too. After the problems they had with Vinny, they wanted to bring somebody in who was no problem, and and I think that may have cost them in a way of guitar legacy. If if you follow what I'm saying, he wasn't a very flashy guy. I, personally, that's a question you really can't answer. But I know that he was. Uh, he was not somebody that was very flashy or, you know, I don't know, very kiss-like, but he got the gig anyway. So, okay. Uh, moving on, Jimmy Johnson, who I'm not—I don't think it's the former Dallas Cowboys uh, coach, but it, it's possible that it is. Um, why would Gene and Paul allow Vinny to be pictured on albums and in videos without signing contracts? They are known for such good business sense. I could never understand this. Their backs were up against the wall, and they had to do it. You know, they 
had an album that was going to be released by the record label. They had videos that had to be shot. Uh, you know, I think as as Chris Lent basically alluded to in our recent interview, I mean, they were under pressure to keep the machine moving forward, and they had to do it. Yeah, I, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I agree with that. Mark, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think. Of course he does. Of course I do. <laughs> Do you have any short thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no, no, sure. But no, any I mean, ones? Yes. no matter if you're no matter if you're a contractor or a musician, I mean, there's times you just have to go do your work. I've done yeah. without doing contracts before. Sometimes it's bit me in the butt too. But I mean, is you know, there's also implied. You got to remember if you go in front of a judge, just watch a few episodes of Judge Judy. People there all the time don't have contracts. Right. Things are implied. And yep. if you if you keep a paper trail in this this day and day in, you know this day and age, emails those will work in your favor. And I'm sure that's what you know they did with Vinny. Like you know we're going to keep working with the guy, and you know once we have some success, maybe he'll sign. But you know that's what happened. Well, and I want to throw this in too that one of the interesting dynamics here over this last week when I've been asking for these questions is the first couple times we did these hit and run shows, people were great about just asking the questions and then that was it. Now I noticed a lot of them, not only when they asked the questions, but people were then answering the questions and it was turning into some great discussions. Yeah, the hit and run itself was becoming a discussion. Yeah, and, and the reason I bring that up is because I want to add something. This was not a question, but this was underneath the question you guys just answered. And this this is and I'm not picking on this person, but I have to mention it because this is the kind of stuff I absolutely love. Uh, it looks like it was 70s Hard Rock that wrote a very long thing, but I'm just going to read one part of it. It says, I don't think the fans have any business hating Vinny unless they've been screwed by him and that should be the sole reason they hate him. Other than that, let's focus on the work he did with Kiss. It was great. The albums were great. He had his own unique makeup design, which was very cool. The fans didn't hate the new designs. They hate Vinny. Oh, that's, that's their opinion. Exactly. I just think that's funny because it's like I can dislike him regardless of what he's done for the band because I look at him and think he's a troll. I'm not wrong, it's just my opinion, but I just don't understand why so many people put this guy up on a pedestal. He was around for two years, and then he put a couple of solo records out, and we haven't heard from him in 30 years. He's got an auction, did you hear about it? Yeah, a couple of items. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going for the autograph, the Paul Stanley album. Autograph to Meredith. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. So, uh, moving on. Let me see here. Uh, this is a good one. Rob Wallace. If Gene's movie endeavors would have been really successful in the 80s, do you think Gene would have completely checked out of Kiss? Yes, I do. I think he would have, he would have uh, kept both financial opportunities running. I'm talking A-list. If he was an A-list guy... Yeah. I, I, he would have bolted. If he, if, I mean, because let's face it, he did have some success. If you, I mean, he was in more than one movie. I'm talking A-list success, success Tom Cruise success. But you know, p- part part of that is, and I'm sure <clears throat> you guys have all heard this. He turned down roles that, in my opinion, could have led to that A-list. He turned down lead villain characters, supposedly in Bond movies. 
because he didn't want to be typecast as a villain all the time. And now he's just typecast as a shitty actor. So, <laughs> yeah, part part of me is like, well, it was never going to happen. Oh, you know, you get you get an opportunity to be a villain in a James Bond movie, and let, let's think back. James Bond back in the eighties was it. Well, yeah. So he turns Those that down, and he dresses huge. up like a chick. Exactly. So <laughs> like, now, Michael, man. seriously, a say he was a list Tom Cruise sort of stuff. You you really think he would have stayed with Kiss? I think I he would. So. I think he would have tried to collect his paychecks everywhere. I do. I mean that that's who he is. He 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 lives to have as many candles burning at once, deals running at the same time. He's not the type of guy that sits here and goes, okay, well, Kiss is successful. I'm not going to do anything else. That's that's true, but I, like I said, all right, I, I guess I'm looking at it through this prism. Say he is an A-list. Is he going to go play, keep in mind, you know, on some of those animalized shows, he's playing, you know, four or 5,000 people in a 10,000 arena, you know, seating arena. I'm not arena. saying it may not impact what Kiss is doing. It, Kiss, if he became an A-list actor, there might be less Kiss touring going on. There might be less Kiss recordings happening. They, it might not be as frequent. But I think he would try and keep it, I think he would try and keep it going as much as possible. And frankly, I think the the deciding factor would fall back to Paul saying either get with this band or get with your acting career pick one or the other you can't make both well as a c-list actor and I'm now I'm certainly not picking on the guy but I mean I think he'd even say hey you know I wasn't the star of these movies I you know um even as a c-list actor if you want to put that he he was already checked out of kiss in many ways he wasn't playing bass on you know other than his own songs and no, no, right, but, but, but he was still he was still in kiss you know, to, yeah, but to, to, to say check out in my mind would be quit the band. He's no longer in Kiss. I could I, see, and that would be what I would guess is that if he could have taken off to have a career in an A-list fashion, the way say Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, where they're making all this money and doing these huge movies that gross, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, I think Gene would have been gone. And on on to that, I'm not saying he wouldn't have tried to resurrect Kiss for a reunion eventually and do what they're doing now, but I I think that that with Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is he is one of the type of people, it seems like he loves adulation. Oh, no, he definitely you does. Know? But I think he, he would love to get the adulation everywhere he possibly can. Let me see if I can still keep the kiss fire burning while I'm an A-lister. Because I love having the groupies at, at the shows, 
and I love being the celebrity on Entertainment Tonight. I mean, I just, I don't see him as somebody who says, wow, this is really taking off. I'm going to stop all my other efforts. I see him as the guy who's always like, let me see if I can do one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. And yeah. maybe, that, maybe that's the reason he never really got successful in everything is because he tried to do everything at about 50% you know, ability instead of focusing only on one thing. Maybe he could have become the A-list movie star if right from the get-go he said, I'm leaving Kiss and I'm putting everything into becoming a movie star. Well, yeah, because I think that the first couple of movies, I mean, Runaway is, was really bad. But that's just as a whole. But I thought he was really good in the, what was the second film Wanted, with Roger Wanted, Howard? Wanted, Wanted. Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. I thought that he was actually pretty good. Malik Al-Rahim. I'm, I'm the wrong guy to I Especially back then, I, I don't think I saw a movie with the exception of one or two through the 80s. So busy music stuff. So oh. I, I saw Runaway, but I didn't. I haven't seen anything else. And I thought Runaway was just sort of, you know, I saw it on cable. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> okay, this one's kind of long, but I'm just going to kind of try to cut it down. It's from Mark Webster, and it's talking about the stage that Kiss uses now versus the stage that Kiss used back in the 70s. Not so much the stage of Destroyer versus... Um, Love Gun or Sonic Boom or whatever. It's more just the lighting. And he said, um, Kiss still has the best shows around, but those older shows had a little more excitement to them. Do you think there's a merit or am I nitpicking? And what he's asking is, is because there's so much now going on in a Kiss show with all the lighting has detracted from the characters and the excitement of the characters of four guys with four spotlights it detracted because instead of four guys in their mid-20s it's now four guys in their you know 50s and 60s 60s. that is a big part i tell you what and this is something i've actually said to gene before what i would love to see this stage related i'd love to see them do like get the destroyer stage and do that with the same sort of lighting. Because if you go back and look at the videos, <clears throat> that was really high school production value stuff. I mean, the Destroyer yeah. stage was just paper mache and the tree on there, and before that, the candelabra. I would love to see them do go back now and do a, a, a theater tour where they use the Destroyer stage, and they could hype it with the, you know, doing Destroyer in its hole and, you know, just doing songs up and, and so I think that'd be fascinating. But, I, you know, I agree with them. I tell you what, I didn't see the, the thing you guys did in the residency, but that stage and the lighting just looks so effing cool, you know, and I, I was really it was. It did. It. You but totally missed I, it. If you go from 2004, I'm just saying it because it's this era of the band, the stage really hasn't changed much. To be honest, the stage hasn't changed a ton since the reunion tour. I mean, just think yeah. about the video screens. I'm really bummed they have never brought back the original logo. So, well, let me ask you this. So before you go on with that, when you said you asked this to Gene or brought this up, do you recall at all what he said back to you? <laughs> it's whatever, kid. <laughs> you, know? you don't know what there you're you talking go. about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know See, I, I think to me, I, I think since – the, the 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 reunion through um, the farewell tour and years after that yes nothing changed the last couple stages are are very dramatically different 
But what's always been missing, going all the way back to revenge, was a theme. There was no visual theme to... Well, I guess you could say the spider is sort of a theme, but it's more of a putting the lighting truss in a shape. There isn't a Statue of Liberty. It isn't a stage that looks like it's New York City that's that's been run down and destroyed. There isn't a tank that, you know, the whole stage looks like. They, they That, to me, is what's been missing from a KISS stage is a stage that tells a story to go along with the band if that makes sense. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like right now they're just four guys who have great stories about their characters standing on a very technically fancy top-notch stage, no doubt about it, but there's a disconnect there. There's no demon world over here and spaceman world over here and you know other than Having, think having the, the cat come up underneath the drum riser, there's really no cat going on for the, you know, that's that's what's missing. It's probably because it's, go ahead, I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. I'll tell you who was very, very under underwhelmed with the reunion tour was Bill Coin. I, I know I've shared the fact that I, you know, I got to sit down and talk to him a few times. He said he thought, because he thought, because he saw, you know, a few of those shows and he was like, Nah, I would have done things way different. I he goes, it wasn't spectacle enough. They, I the, agree with that. The intro because um, he said, you know, the intro. All of a sudden, they're on stage. He's like, no, this is Kiss. I mean, he got really animated talking about it. Um, you know, uh, when we talked about it the one time, and, and he was like, I said, he was very like, oh my god, you know what? They really blew an opportunity to really. I mean, people were so excited. It was you know back in the reunion tour when when they first got back together people were just excited for what it was but bill saw it like they didn't they didn't you know, say they didn't they didn't do better than what they did in the past correct and that was his point yeah right okay and i think that's correct because i don't think they they topped really the alive two stage mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't no. top the reunion tour uh next one moving on justin sullivan the reason I'm asking this question, even though we've discussed it before, is Mark was not involved at the time, and he might have some inside information on this. I've always heard that the first show without makeup was the only non-makeup show where Gene spat blood. He supposedly cut it from the show after that because it didn't feel right. Can anyone confirm this? Is there any known video of Gene doing this? I've heard pros and cons on both. I've heard from very, very reliable people that it happened, and I've heard from very reliable people that it didn't. Until I see the alleged photograph from myself, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. That's that's actually something that I I have asked many times too. Yeah, you know, uh, and and there's there's a photo that's been circulating for many years of Gene on stage. Um, at that very first show where people are like, look, that's blood going down the front of him. And, and frankly, it could be argued that it's not blood. It's the shadow from the mic stand with red light on him. Um, you know, like Mark, I've heard, yes, it's happened. And I've heard, no, it hasn't happened. And, you know, until there's solid video proof multiple photo photographic proof um you know what i, I, got a great I, I, idea. I gotta tend to believe it didn't happen right now kisses well kisses coming to columbia so <laughs> our buddy the crazy bastard fernando 
This is your, you, yeah, this is your job. Get the Yeah, answer. you know he's going to go backstage. Go up to Gene and ask him if he actually did that on the first show out of makeup, if he spit blood. Yeah, I saw that photo too, Mike, and it was very... Uh, it's, it, 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 it's not hard evidence. It's, it's, it's a very poor quality photo. Correct. Um, you can definitely... You know, if you want it to be blood... You could look at it and go, that's definitely blood. If you wanted to sit here and say, no, that's not blood, it's very easy to say that wasn't blood. So there, there isn't concrete evidence that he did it. Um, so, Fernando, hook us up. Make it happen, Fernando. All right, next one. This one's a couple of questions all rolled together, and you guys can answer or not answer. Nick Frank wants to know why the sky is blue. <laughs> why do people and animals yawn? And more importantly, would you like to have Kiss release their demos in one fantastic set? Hearing the Paul uh, God of Thunder take was fascinating. Duh, of course. It's stuff you'd live for. Is yeah, case. again, if they want to release anything like that, I'll take it. You know, I'm not going to say no, don't release your demos. You know, saying that, I would rather, you know going back to our review of the of the love gun bonus disc i was more excited to hear the paul um the, the clip of paul talking about how to re- play a song than i was hearing the demo of love gun that's the stuff i would personally love to hear mm-hmm. give me the I've... give me the audio recordings of hey ace here's how to play this hey bruce here's how to play this hey where's gene to record this bass like I said, uh, and, and it's no secret, you guys know, and I've talked about it on the show, and if you look at one of the very first quarterly Kiss magazines, they talk about it, too. There are rock and roll over demos with Gene singing Baby Driver. Uh, matter of fact, a couple people on the cruise, I let them you know, listen to it. They'd go up and they'd ask me. Um, that's stuff that I have. I know the band has it. I don't know why they don't release it. You know what I mean? That's cool stuff, and it's mint quality, too. There oh, are sure. other demos, and I don't know why they don't use them, but that's not up for me to. Well, so then I want let me back this up um, with another question. And the sky is blue because God made it, and animals and yaw- people yawn because they're tired. Peter Vassello, will we ever see more unreleased Kiss music, and who do we petition for this? The band, Universal? Take it on, Michael. Um, at this point in time, as long as they're under contract with Universal, they are the ones that control what and when stuff gets released. You know, I I, I had heard, remember, um, was it back on the Live 35 tour, they did all those instant live recordings. They didn't have a contract with Universal Records at that point in time. So they could do whatever they wanted. They could do whatever they wanted. Um, now, now they now they're under contract with Universal Records, and they couldn't do live. Re- they couldn't release live recordings because Universal has the contract to release Kiss recordings. I don't know if that's true. I've heard that it would make sense. Um, you know, it's up to Universal to decide what gets released and how often and what they do with it. I mean, Kiss can't just sit here and. Well, I shouldn't say Kiss can't. Who knows the the extent of their contract? But most of the time, an artist can't just sit here and go, "Well, the label doesn't want to release it. We're going to do it on our own." It doesn't work that way. If the label doesn't want to release it. You don't release anything. The bootleg. Yeah, the label label doesn't care unless they're making money. Correct. The bootlegs that were that surfaced right around <laughs> this time 
last year, all those demos, the mistake and, you know, smoke and all those other ones that came out. I've had those. I had those for many years beforehand. And the sad part is the way they came out and, uh, you know, the, the bootleg labels put them out. They just sound like shit. And I know Kiss has masters of all those things. Um, I don't know why they don't put them out. Fans want them. Um, I still say that Kiss should do much like the Stones have been doing recently is went into their vaults and release stuff, get it right from us. I, I to this day, that is makes no sense why they don't capitalize on it. They could, much like I've said a million times, they could beat the boot, bootleggers tomorrow. Well, that's the- why they, yeah, and then they, but that's the point though. If they have all that stuff, they shouldn't complain about the bootleggers if they're not going to put the stuff out because he created the market because the fans want it. So why not put out 10,000 or 5,000 copies of, because they you know, may not legally have. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The rights to release any music while they're under contract. No, but like, let's say they weren't under contract. Oh no, no, no! At, at that point in time, when you're not under contract, sure, you know, you could go re-record. Like a disc a month. You, you could go re-record your albums, and you could release them yourself. You can sell it yourself. You can, you can do live <laughs> recordings of every show. Um, you know, the world is up, it's open to you to do whatever you want. You know, because I would until, love it if- until we know the extent, and we never will. No. To the extent of what the universal contract is, um, I, I basically sit here and go, you've got to assume that Kiss's hands are tied. Which I, I'm assuming they are, but let's say they weren't under contract and that's over. I would love to see a video a month, you know, just 12 a year. And you could pick random ones. You could do, I'd like to see you start with the reunion tour from St. Paul in 1996. That would be the perfect one to start with. And just work your way through the catalog and do different things like that. People would love it. I got I, I'll take that point a step further. Look what Buck Cherry and a lot of bands did with the. Uh, are you guys familiar with their covers? Yeah. It's the Singles Club, which I belong to. Why don't for five dollars or whatever the band will release one demo a month through their website? You know, that that would be such a money maker. It's it's you know. Yeah. It's, in, it's incredible how much money on stuff that's just sitting on a shelf. I mean, how many fans would pay to, to, to do that? You know, whatever, five bucks a month or whatever it is, $5 a demo. or And each month they'll release one. That would be a huge success, and it would be virtually cost them next to nothing. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. This one's directly to Michael. It's from Sean McDivitt. said, Michael, you were on tour with the band, and I'm curious what a typical day was for you. 
It wasn't nearly as typical as what you might think. I wasn't riding the tour buses. I wasn't following them day to day because I had uh, I, I had an office job where I was working with other acts at the same time. But during like the um, farewell tour, what I would do is in one month I'd sit here and go, okay, where are they going to be this coming weekend? Are they doing a two-date, three-date, back-to-back run like uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, Chicago, or something like that? And I would fly out to the first show on Friday and, uh, you know, check into some cheap little hotel near the venue and typically would get over to the venue at and unless I wanted to do something where I was going to photograph the stage being set up, I typically wouldn't arrive until 4 in the afternoon because the band doesn't arrive until about 4 o'clock in the afternoon at a venue. Um, so I'm there at 4 o'clock, you know, might take some pictures, might be doing an interview with one of the guys for the website. And, um, you know, then there's just a lot of freaking sitting around and waiting backstage and smelly, you know, backstage halls where you know night before it was basketball and or you know a hockey game was going on the day before and you know it's cold it's concrete it smells like urine not luxurious let's put it that way um showtime you know i'd run out and uh photograph the entire show from various locations usually start in the pit but then the rest of the show might be in various locations throughout the venue because my, my attitude was we all see photos of the band taken from the photo pit because that's where the photo passes are good for. I'm more interested in what, what does it look like when they hit the side, when they start the show. And let me take photos from the side of the stage. Let me go behind the stage and take photos of, of the curtain dropping, you know, different angles that as a fan, you normally don't see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then after the show, it's back to a hotel. Try to um, get at least a half a dozen photos ready and uploaded. And back then, there was no high-speed Internet. It was AOL dial-up connections, 14.4 modems. So, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't, you know, and today you could take some photos and get them uploaded to a website literally from a smartphone in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was take the photos, go back to the room, copy them off of the disc on the on the camera, put them onto my laptop, try and edit them. Laptops were not nearly as fast and, and sophisticated back then. You know, I could be up until 2 or 3 in the morning getting 6 to 12 photos ready and uploaded by the next morning. Um, get up the next morning, um, probably head over to the airport, catch a flight to the next town, and rinse and repeat and do it over and over again. Um, by the time I would get to the third city, it re- and, and there was a one point where I remember, I think it was the farewell tour when it started, so I think they did Phoenix, Anaheim, San Diego, I think were the first three shows on the farewell tour. And I hit those, followed all three of those, and they were back-to-back. And I remember by the time I got into San Diego, checked into my hotel, crashed. I remember waking up at, like, 2 in the afternoon going, 
where the hell am I? I have no idea what city I'm in, what town I'm in. Now, keep in mind, what I was doing was flying from city to city. That's not that rough. Think about what the road crews go through. This gives me tons of admiration for these road crews because they're, they're up working their asses off late at night on a bus working first thing in the morning again. You clearly, when, when that is your life oh, day after day after day after day, you don't have a freaking clue what town you're in. So when I was just three days in a row flying from city to city to wake up going, where am I? And what time of day is it? And where? what am I supposed to be doing right now? That, that moment of like, I don't have a freaking clue. Did I, did I miss the entire show? Was I supposed to be somewhere? Um, made me really appreciate, you know, the, the work that bands and crews put in and understanding why there's little signs on teleprompters or taped to <laughs> monitors that say, here's where you are tonight. Or the microphone's got the name of the city on it. You don't freaking have a clue because you literally are just going from venue to venue to venue, and that's all you see. You might see airport, hotel, venue, airport, hotel, venue. Um, it was it was crazy. It was fun. I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't do it again at this point in my life. It's like I don't need to do that. That's, that, that's tiring. That's exhausting work. To, but to, see, to be doing that. But but at, at that point in time, cool. I was you know I was single. Uh, um, you know I'd fly out for a weekend worth of kiss shows, come back and work, fly out the next weekend, come back and work, fly. You know, so that don't get me wrong, it was really cool and 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 I love that I had that opportunity. But wow, it's 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 a different lifestyle to be on the road. Oh God, yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, next one. Terry Bay from Kentucky writes, if the original members decided to release solo projects and then return to the band and continue as Kiss and then take another break and do solo projects and come back together again, etc., do you think that the original lineup would have stayed together longer than seven years? So every time Ace and Peter got cranky, do another round of solo albums... And then come back to the band, and then when they get cranky, I, I think yeah. I think Gene and Paul were more than willing to let them do that, and that didn't work. I think that's that's like putting um, a bandaid on a gunshot wound. You can't fix whatever problems there are, and, and, and tell I mean, you is, is it, isn't the story that Gene and Paul told Ace: "Don't quit, Kiss. Mm-hmm, do, yeah. You can go have your solo career. Go do it. Stay in the band." He didn't want to do it, so. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would have changed anything. I think what, yeah, I agree with Michael 100% that uh, you could just tell that because I think doing the solo albums really, that was, uh, they they really didn't address the problem of why they were having problems. They just said, here's your cure, and it wasn't a cure. You know, right. and, I, and I think that ultimately was the problem. Because you don't know what each one of them are thinking personally you know ace and peter for all we know were so bitter at that point that nothing would have brought them back it's just like that question earlier about what if the reunion tour had never happened well the reunion tour was going to happen regardless because they didn't have any money 
And even if they were wealthy and everyone was doing well, I, I, I believe that, that you try to put your, your, your past differences aside in many cases and maybe relive some stuff that was fun because you maybe remember the better and not the bad. You know, I'd like a, a quick hit and run. You two guys go on this. What if when Ace left, he had an Ozzy Osbourne type career from, you know, like how once Ozzy left Sabbath, who was arguably and not arguably was turned out to be bigger than Black Sabbath. What if that would have happened with Ace? That's a good question. Mike, do you want to take this one first? Um. I think the only thing that would have been different is Ace would have a career now. But yeah, you know, I'd I never, never thought about it. That what if he would have been, you know, like I said, he would have climbed those charts. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would have impacted Kiss. I think it just would have, it would have made Ace successful. But it would have also changed the dynamics of the reunion tour. That he probably would have still come back, but he would have gotten the lion's share of the money because then, no, you know, you're 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 exactly right. I mean, if he's got a bigger career and he doesn't need it nearly as bad, he can hold out for more. Because Ozzy had Black Sabbath tour on Ozfest, right? What if Kiss had to tour on Acefest? Well, yeah. let, 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 let's, be, let's be real. You're talking in Seinfeld terms, bizarro world. There. Correct, correct. Everything in the world <laughs> has to be completely opposite and backwards that Ace actually has Ace Fest. Cats bark, dogs meow. <laughs> exactly. So that's, a, that's more than just what if. That's like what if the world was really flat, everything was upside down, uh, you know, too much stuff has to change for that to actually Yeah, but happen. you know what? It's funny, though, too. If I mean, if you were to, because I was at the time, I you know, I remember when that first Ozzy album came out, and I just remember people going, who's Ozzy? You know, just high school people who, they knew who Black Sabbath was, but they weren't, like, they knew Iron Man. And, but but I, they didn't know, you know, because that was when I was really, you know, buying tons of records and stuff back then. Some people didn't know. That Ozzy, that you know, was it was Black Sabbath singer. Much like even when when White Snake got huge, I'd tell people like oh, I just like the stuff from Burna, like David covered it. He, he, Deep Purple. He wasn't in Deep. Right. If they didn't know, you know what I mean. I, th- I think, I think part 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 of that in the Ozzy Sabbath world is the fact that Sabbath, just on their own, quickly disintegrated into almost nothing of a band. So. You know, Kiss didn't disintegrate into nothing of a band during the '80s. They 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 held their own. They they busted their asses, but they didn't disintegrate into. Well, so did Sabbath for a good three years. I mean, I saw I saw the Born Again tour at Joe Louis Arena. You know what I mean? It's I love that album, by the way. But my point is, you know what? I I saw I saw Sabbath with Dio many times when they were Black Sabbath, not Heaven and Hell. Um, you know what I mean? They were playing. Kobo and they were playing Pine Knob and all that stuff. So they did they did coexist playing the same venues. You know, I saw Ozzy on the Diary of a Madman tour and I saw, you know, Black Sabbath on the Mob Rules tour, you know, right around that same they were playing the same exact venues. But but I but I but I think as the eighties progressed oh, Ozzy was going this way and Sabbath right, right. kept going but down, 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 down. What if that trajectory was was Ace Kiss? 
and like I said, it's just a what if. I, you know, we're, we're talking about these scenarios. I just think it's kind of fascinating, that's all. And I could see Ace kind of more so doing that than Peter. It's funny, today, um, I actually, I don't ask me why, I, I put on some... Uh, some of the Chris stuff and some of us even looking for the jazz influence. Are you (laughs) (laughs) actually, somebody asked me about some, um, the balls of fire thing he did with that, with the chick fronted band. And I don't have any demos or anything, but I I have some, some live stuff and I put it on for, you know, I'm, I, you know, have mercy on my soul. I tried getting through two minutes of it and I'm like, Oh my God, is this horrible? But you know what I mean? Uh, I, Ace at least would have had the, uh, the the capacity to to do that. I you know that's how come I use him as an exa- him in, as an example instead of uh, Peter. So continue. Yes. I mean. Okay, um, John Freeman wants to know if every member of Kiss, past and present, would drop all of the drama and smack talk, and they were able to perform their very last show before the so-called new incarnation of Kiss, like 2.0, takes over. What would be your thoughts on a one-off show where every member getting together to perform and celebrate the true legacy and history of the band? Is it Love too far of a stretch? I think it would. I, I think it's an incredibly far stretch. I think it would be incredibly cool if it happened. I would it won't love that. Happen ever, but incredibly cool. Yeah, yeah. I think there's way too much. Too many bridges have been burned. Too many egos at stake too many wallets that want to be fed um, and no nobody's gonna back down I think that would be a different scenario if kiss was not in the place they are right now if kiss was not successful like they are right now you could have a better chance of that happening right I agree I just don't think Gene and Paul need the headaches Correct, and that's ultimately what it comes down. Comes down to they don't need it. Yeah, that's what controls all of it. Um, Brian Rembish asks: The King Biscuit Flower Hour taped Kiss live in Nashville on January 11, nineteen eighty four. This is the closest we are ever going to get uh, for a live album featuring Vinnie Vincent and Eric Carr. Why has this not been released yet? Plenty of rare tracks and would sound awesome remastered. The whole thing. I've got it. But, but well, because Kiss probably doesn't own the rights to it. It doesn't, but it's that's so frequently no, but, but that, that Yeah, as a bootleg, you can find that anywhere. Oh, but I go to his specific question. There's not highlights. The whole thing is out. Right. It's been out. It's been out for many years. That's a, I know why. If, if what I think he means, there's that bootleg record with Ace on the cover, oddly enough. But the popular <clears> one is... Uh, Ace in the Dynasty outfit, it's actually, it's the original King Biscuit. And the original King Biscuit broadcast, and someone's going to hopefully come in and validate or say, Mark, this is actually what it is. I think the original King Biscuit was one part Kiss and the other part Motley Crue from the Shout at the Devil tour. I think is how that was originally. But originally on the King Biscuit, you did not get the entire show. Now... Um, being the big bootleg guy that I am, um, that was on Wolfgang's vault the entire show. And let me tell you, you want to go back to some cringeworthy stuff, listen to Paul's stage raps. They are embarrassing. But if you want to listen to some great playing, 
man, they they were cooking, man. They, I really, really like that show a lot. Uh, that, that's about the time Paul really started getting into his love gun stage rap. <laughs> that and the whole – now, this was on the Creature Store, but he really ramped up the, the parent thing and, you know, we don't give a fuck and, and you know. And, and he'd turn around to the audience and do the – yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, it's tough in between songs, but uh, but the songs. It was, it was a different era for Kiss, wasn't it? Yes, it sure was. Michael Mack asks, "Do you think Disney will end up owning the Kiss copyright?" Listen to our show. We did a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. But Mark didn't speak to it. Eh, next. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. No, I have no idea. You know, I. I, I Maybe not while uh, the the band members are alive, but who knows? I mean, you can't ever say never about anything. That's yeah, that was, that was the gist of our show. Is what if mm-hmm. what if Disney sat down with Gene and Paul and said, "Here's a check mm-hmm. for a billion dollars. We want the all the rights to Kiss." Hey, is that within the uh, the year in review? Or? No. <laughs> I don't remember if we did that this year or not. No, that was before, I think. I don't even remember anymore. But it's out there. You I just got to look for it. I don't want to make think he, I was making fun of his question. I'm not. But I never say never would be my. No, um, it's okay. Um, Quano Harper wants to know, do you think they, Gene and Paul, will ever honor Eric Carr by letting Singer wear his makeup in concert? No. No, why There's no reason. It means nothing. I, okay. I think it's because Listen, the- you, you, you guys, the only people that Fox makeup means anything to are a real small number of super hardcore Kiss fans. Think about in the in the scope of forty years, how long was that Kiss that Fox makeup used? How many years? It was in one U.S. tour. That's it. And the tour didn't even finish. And the tour bombed. So, and it was on the cover of one album. So that Fox makeup has zero impact in the big scope of Kiss. Hate me if you want, but that's just the reality. Amen. No, it's true. It's true. Um, Anthony uh, Ventriola. Manny, excuse me, Ventriola, period. Okay. Many have speculated that Paul and Gene will eventually allow themselves to be replaced, resulting in the possibility of an ongoing kiss. Would a more likely scenario be that the band franchises out their rights to their songs and makeup to many groups who would perform them all around the world, kind of like a Blue Man Group or Beatlemania? We did a whole episode on that, too. Absolutely. Where we kind of basically talked about tribute bands. And how I could see one scenario being KISS 2.0 becomes, KISS tribute bands become officially licensed entities. And if you're not an officially licensed tribute band, you are no longer performing. And there's a band in Vegas, and there's a band in New York, and there's a band in London, and there's a band in Tokyo. And each one does a different KISS era stage presentation, and every six months they rotate. Rotate. And all of you that are not in one of those is getting a cease and desist. And Well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I go a step further, and I don't know if you guys covered this in the previous show, but I also think that if that was the case, much like the Blue Man Group where everybody's uniform, you're not going to have guys, because let's face it, some of these tribute bands, and God bless them, they work really, really hard. There's there's some 
let's just say there's some that are a lot better than others in appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, look, look, I would love to do something like that, but uh, this body wasn't meant to uh, fit in into uh, you know the Peter Chris. Uh, well, you're, you're looking a little more like Ace Fraley now. <laughs> But you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like people are going to chase you down the street with fire after this. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, Mark. Uh, Let's move on. Sorry, okay. Sean Mars um, wants to know if this is a real interesting one. If you could only choose a three year period in history and the rest be eliminated, which three years in a row? Repeat that one more time, please. If you could only choose a three-year period in history and the rest would be eliminated, which three years would it be in a, in a row? So, like, if the band could have only existed for three years, what three years would you have chosen? That's 74 so to 77. Tough. No, that's easy for me. 74 to 77. I mean, do I choose it based Wait on the, the music that would have been released? 74, 75, 76... 77. It's got to be three years. Can't be oh, four. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Was Dead air. I'd go, you know, I'd. I'd, 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 I'd Mike, why don't you answer while he's thinking about it? You know, that that's really <laughs> tough because I don't, like I said, I don't know if I would answer that based on a three-year period of the music that was released that's really important or a three-year period of KISS being impactful and influential or a three-year period that for me was personally a really important period as a fan. Right. And, it's, and, that's the thing. It's got an infinite number of answers to yeah, it. Yeah. You know, my first thought is I would pick a three-year period that was important for me as a fan in the KISS world. And that being said, it would probably be the, the creatures to lick it up to Animalize era. Because I feel, you know, that's when I first saw Kiss. That's when I feel like I really, really got deep and solid into just being a Kiss nut. So was, 82, 83, 84. Yeah, I mean, I feel like okay. that's, a, that's a little bit of makeup. That's out of makeup. Um, that, that was probably the biggest impactful three-year period for me as a Kiss fan. Uh, 74, 75, 76, if you want to do it that like I in my head I'm just like, oh well, you know, four plus threes. <laughs> you know? But how could you how could it not how could it not be, you know, from the first album through rock and roll over? I mean that's to me yeah. that that's KISS. I mean that that's what's that's that was the foundation. Without that you have nothing. But that's how you're answering it. I Correct. mean, I, I would agree if you were going to say, well, give me the three years that make a foundation of KISS, you're right. But for me personally, like the up, anything prior to Rock and Roll Over was meaningless to me as a fan because I wasn't a KISS fan. I didn't know KISS existed until Rock and Roll Over. And that's where I'm, I was there from. Right. So, so yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, so because I would... not, not, only, not only because of, of that, but that was also when I was really getting into music 
and I think that's why those are more special. Just like you said, Michael, the, the later years are more because that was when you discovered them. And I used that example before, too, because like when I first got into the Stones hard, you know, I like the mid 70s stuff best. You know, it, I think it is where you jump on. And I, I think I brought that up the first time I was ever on the show. A timeline is everything to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I would say 77, 78 and 79, because those were the magic years for me more than anything else. It's funny yeah. how you picked that. Yeah. That was special to us to where we were. Right. I, I still remember one of my very first things was right around 74, 75. A girl I knew in school, of all things, a girl wrote something about Kiss on her school paper. And I'm like, you know what that is? Because at the time, it was like my older brother and older sister were really starting to get into it, and they were really taken off locally. And that, I remember that. And I just remember how raw the records were and how much, you know, keep in mind, I was a kid, but it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And mm-hmm. that's how I would say though, that era. It's still, I still get, I still go back in time whenever I listen to that stuff. I still remember, it's still that impactful on me. Now, do you guys do that when, when, when you uh, listen to the, the eras that you're talking about too? I mean, oh, yeah. every time I listen to Creatures of the Night, I'm instantly taken back to my bedroom the, the first time I'm ever hearing it. You know, it, it to me that's that's one of the cool things about music is it it triggers those emotions, those memories. It takes you immediately back to walking into the record store when I bought Animalize or the first time I heard that single on the radio. You know, it's all those things always happen for me. See, and for me, it was about the music and the over the top size of everything at that point and sitting in my bedroom listening to the solo albums and being so excited when Love Gun came out because it was the first time Ace was going to sing and being excited about Dynasty coming out because they're coming back again as a band and then they do the in-store in Bloomington. So that's why that three-year period is what I, why I would choose. You know? I, still, I still remember literally the heartbreak of hearing Dynasty for the first time. It bothered me, really bothered me. When, when I was made for love. That's how come I think I go back as if you want to talk about the most special. And that's how come timeline means everything. To fans who were there from the beginning, there's a reason that's a roadblock. Because when you hit the, it, it stopped being what you loved. It, it, that's, that's just the fact. See, and I didn't see it. From the beginning, that stopped right there. And see, and I didn't see it that way. I, see it, I saw it as, uh, but also, too, I don't know what your musical background is. Mine was much more 50s and 60s, and I'm, I, I, I like pop music more than I like metal. So for me, they were just really good songs, and I got three Ace songs and not as many Gene songs. And so for me, that was like, yay, three Ace songs. That's great. Because I was not a huge fan of a lot of the Gene songs. You know, so for me, it was a huge win, you know, but again, it's a thousand ways to answer it. Let, let's, uh, let's get good like question, two, Sean. Let's get like two more questions. in. All right. So, um, Dennis Kendall asks so many times kiss gets ignored in the best of lists, which kiss albums, if any, would you put in the top, the top 100 greatest rock albums of all time? Also, which kiss album would you put as a great, but ignored category? Like for me, Van Halen's Fair Warning, great but ignored. Good example. Well, okay, so I'll Kiss albums that should be in the greatest albums. I mean, I think, I think. How many we what, get? Yeah, whether 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 it's important to me or not, Alive was 
would definitely be in there. I think mm-hmm. um, Destroyer would probably be be in those lists at some point. Um, you know, those are the two that I think would hands down be in there. Then you start getting a lot of other albums where you're like, maybe, maybe not. This wasn't talking about other bands, too, so you can't say, you know, 10. Well, you could, but let's be honest. If you're right. talking about, you know, out of 50 artists, you know, if you get to get one, I agree with Michael, Kiss Alive. Kiss, Kiss Alive and would almost always make make that, that goes that also list. goes back to the that's the blueprint that's the what I was trying to say earlier with the with the elder thing that that's it Kiss Alive is a mission statement right and, well, I, and, I, and the band says the same thing and I, I guess I would say Alive I would agree with that and I would also put Paul Stanley's solo album in there from seventy eight from from my heart love it but I, you know I I can't say that in you know so so. The other category of, you know, overlooked great album, you know, that you could make an argument for Paul Stanley's album as being a very overlooked great album. I think Rock and Roll Over is is overlooked in general by the 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 greater rock community. I'm gonna say Creatures, that's my Creatures is the other one that came to my mind. Even Revenge. Revenge What about Peter's first solo album? <laughs> you got to get that out of the trash before you can say you overlooked it. I'll say it once I said it. That's not as bad as people say it is, but it's also nowhere near good. You it's know, nowhere near as good as what people say it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Nicholas did something um, a while back on and everything Kiss, and I, I remember I, that was my quote that I said. It's what you know, because I, I, I went because when everyone was talking about that stuff, I went and listened to it, and I'm like. Probably because I know the song so well, I couldn't say it sucked that bad. But just putting on your, it's just man, it's, it's just that's a weird listen even to this day. I, I can't say I hate it because I don't, but I, it's not like I go, wow, that's great because it's not. But there's some decent stuff on there. Okay, one more, one more, Tommy. All right. Um, Make this hard hitting, revealing. Pull the curtain back on three sides of the coin. Okay. Well, this is going to be a what-if scenario, and you have to pretend you were Gene and Paul. All right? This comes from uh, William Figueroa. If Paul and Gene could go back in time, say 20 or 30 years, knowing what they know now, what's the one thing they did they would not do the second time around? What's the one thing they would definitely do again? Well, one thing they wouldn't do or would do? Both. What, what's the one thing they would not do again, for sure? Would not allow the drugs and alcohol in. They would have got them help right away. Okay, and what's the one thing that they would, would do? Keep the band together. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Okay. Michael? Um, boy, that's interesting. One thing they wouldn't do again. One thing they wouldn't do. Um, I tend to believe it's going to be something more business-related, behind-the-scenes, related to management. Um, you like, know. T- like tax shelters in the 70s? It could be that. It could be, you know... Um, Glickman Marks giving them more power than they should have had. Um, Letting Bill take half. <laughs> you know, may, maybe getting rid of Bill. Who knows? 
Um, I, I tend to believe that would be what it is. Um, something they they would do again. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Okay. Well, I, I, let me take a stab at it. I think the thing that they would do again for sure, aside from where the makeup, would be merchandise. And maybe even expand it more than they had in the past. Was that possible? <laughs> well, there's always, with Gene, it's, anything's possible. Um, I think that if the one thing they wouldn't do again is I think they wouldn't do the solo albums. That's interesting. There's a lot of things. I mean, you could sit here and say they wouldn't do Kiss Meets the Phantom. Yeah, yeah I mean, again. I'm not doing, you could say, oh, we wouldn't do um, Dynasty. We wouldn't do The Elder. I mean, you, you, you could say a lot of that stuff. That stuff uh, was too easy. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah, uh, but, but, I, but, 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 you know, to, to me, that's why I tend to go for the, I think it would be more of something behind the scenes that had a bigger impact on, on the band's business and operation and stuff like that. Going back, I, 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 you know what, now sitting here thinking about because I answered it pretty quickly. I think you're right, Michael, because let's face it, they were having money problems in the, in the early 80s. That could have been prevented with better planning. Uh, and let's face it, nobody, there's lots of people from that era who suffered that same fate, poor management. You know, they made a ton of money and two years later, a lot of it was gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Hit and run. That's that's hit and run. So let's. What are we going to finish this up then? To, Mark, do you have Mark? Um, Mark, do you do you have something that ain't crap? I do. I uh, uh, was have been going through the CDs recently, and uh, one thing that a friend of mine, for some crazy reason, didn't want his anymore, and. I never heard of it. Um, I don't know. If anybody else has a set of these, let me know. I never heard of them, but then I did find it in a in a like a price book, and I thought, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe what those things go for. But um, back in the December of 1994, um, in Japan, preparing for the Japan tour, they put out a set of KISS promo CDs. I'm just going to show one of them. This is just a – this is just the – and it doesn't look like anything special. Now, by the way, guys, this is the OBI. You've heard me talk about the OBI card. They came with, with vinyl and it's a paper like strip. I said, yeah, correct. It's yeah. a paper strip. Now, anyways, this doesn't look. I mean, if you're looking at it right now, you're going, "Okay, Mark, who gives a shit?" You know, it's freaking killers from Japan. Now, these promos, though, this is what's kind of unique about it. I just showed you the spine and this spine. This is what it looks like when you have them all together. I don't want to drop them on it, but... So if you have... Can you guys see that? Ooh. Yeah. Move, move it left to right so we can see it scroll. Yeah. So if you've got the entire KISS catalog... It was a promo only. It went from the first record all the way through. Here's what also is kind of weird. It went all the way through. This is what's weird. Hot in the Shade was the last... It went hot in the shade, then Killers was the way they were released. Hmm. Now, is there anything extra or special in any of the CDs? 
No, not at all. Um, they're all sealed. You no, know, so open them up. Rip, open rip, one up. Rip, 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 <laughs> open it up. Come on, Mark. <laughs> Come on, open one up. <laughs> this is this is kind of weird the way they released. I mean, it's not. It's well, not the, it's, yeah, you'd think they'd use the the other. Creatures. Well, maybe the other covers underneath that one. Let's open it up and see. Yeah, this you know this is one thing too. Do you guys all like bum that they didn't keep the? And this is a super geek question. The original vinyl. Um, sequence was never matched on CD, I don't think. No, I'm bummed that you're not opening one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this but anyway, was, this, was at, a, uh, this was this was a promo that the record company in Japan released. Yeah, yes, correct. Do you in know a, who, a, who they gave it to, or how many how many were produced? I have no idea. They just, like I said, uh, a friend of mine was talking to me about him. I'm like, I never even heard of that. What are you talking about? He goes, I'm telling you, they. They spell the, the the name of the band, and I'm like, look, I have an Aerosmith set that does that. I never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. So, uh, hey, he sent me a picture of it and said, here, man. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, it, that's that's another great thing about being a collector. <laughs> you never know where it's coming from. Twenty years later, hey, you got this. You're like that. That's that's what was great about record labels back in the '80s when when they had freaking money. They just made all sorts of promo cool stuff, stuff like that. That there there might have been ten sets made, might have been four sets made. God knows who you know. They they do stuff to give out to just record label employees or record store owners or band crew members you know there's just all sorts of that stuff that they would spend the money on that just doesn't happen anymore well it'd be nice to know if there's any listeners that have a set and, or if they have any history on it like how many were manufactured you know my guess would be a hundred <laughs> yeah no i hey, want to see you open yours <laughs> hey speaking of uh of, of you know cool new stuff and I saw Michael posted uh, this earlier this week on our site, but mine came yesterday. Yes, I was just going to say, mine showed up so, yesterday, too. Cannot wait to dig into this. We, we, we will do a full-on review and um, have some guests on. Let me just tell you that um, the book is super great quality. I mean, this is not a – this is hard cover. Um, beautiful cover. Solid hard spines. The the printing is great. There's tons of photos and scans of stuff in here. So um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to diving right into this. But I could and I photos could, you haven't seen before. Well, there's a lot of um, I'm not so much interested in the live photos, but there's a but lot. Some of, of them are pretty cool from the Academy of Music. Yeah, but I'm more interested in stuff like you know there's. You know, I haven't even I don't even know what it is, but there's scans of confidential, urgent faxes and letters and you know stuff and like that. Mind, the technology back that was tele teletext or what was that called? Back tele- in the uh, teletype? I don't think it was tele I think it was telex or something like that. It could have been it a was, telegram for all we know. Yeah, well that's what I mean. That's what's so cool. I have some <laughs> Morse code. You know, there's just there's just, it's just filled with stuff like this where you know, you're just going to need to take the time to really l- look at it and read it. You know, yeah, there, there's there's photos. Lydia Lydia Chris provides a, a bunch of photos, but you know, I'm I'm always more interested in the behind the scenes of the um, business side and how things operated. So seeing those those documents from the road, 
are are really cool. So, I mean, I, I, I can tell you right now, just on my very first impression, you want to get this. This doesn't look like it's going to be a letdown of a book. So go go over, go to their website. What is, do they have their website on here? Come on, guys. How come your website isn't printed on the jacket? Um, I know. Well, you can go on Facebook. Is, is, is it, is it um, the original? Kiss Crew. On the Facebook. original Kiss Crew, crew with a K, dot com, is where you can order it right now. I don't think it's in bookstores, and I don't think it's on Amazon yet. You have to order it directly from them. But shipping was fast. Shipping, fast. It, it was, you know, it showed up in great condition. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that, and we'll give a full show review on that one coming up real soon. Homework. Answer any one of the questions that we answered. Your take. Did Mark say too much in this episode? <laughs> Speaking of that, we are going to we'll, we'll make a um, ringtone of his laugh and make oh, it yes. available. We're going to do that. Someone asked that we, question. We, 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 that. I, I think it was my friend Brian um, um, who asked if we have a ringtone available of Mark's laugh. We'll do it. And we'll make it available for you guys. Um, yeah, I guess homework is you go through and answer any of these questions that we answer. Let us know what your your feelings are, your take is. Are we full of shit? Does, does Ace have a career now? Gosh. Oh, Things shit. just calm down a little bit. Jazz hands. <laughs> You notice we didn't get as much hate on the Peter thing as uh, as Ace draws. It's not you know that never ceases to amaze me because everyone's like, oh, original band, original band. Oh, didn't, okay. Didn't John yeah. Davy chime in and say, don't pick on Peter? Um, I'm not. I you know, every, every, I tell you what, because I I had I had a lot of uh, you know through our site and also had a few IMs. People were actually very. I, I was happy because that was the whole the whole reason I brought it up. You, he said it so many times. And but there's no evidence of it, and I had more than a few people go, "Hey, you're right." He talks about this all the time, and there's no recordings of him playing in a jazz combo or anything. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah people <laughs> like, people love the music side of what you what you're sharing, you know, because there's a lot of musicians who listen to the show. You know, and I think we had a number of people who said they'd love to do uh, a collectible Q and A. So, you know, here's what I, I would throw out to you guys. Post on our Facebook, or you can message Mark if you want. If you've got a question that you want Mark to answer on the show, post it. Send it to us. And we'll, we'll try and answer one of these questions every week. I got, I got two today, as a matter of fact. Um, somebody want. matter of fact, I can't remember the guy's name, so I apologize because I get a lot of them. But one of these guys was like, hey, you know what, there's... How authentic is it? Did Gene really write for those fanzines back when he was in high school? I'm like, those are very real. He's like, well, whatever. You had a question about about its authenticity and everything. Because keep in mind, guys, those were just photocopied. Yeah. Right. Was it an original? I don't know. And and that's another thing that's hard for me as a collector. Guys, if you send me pictures, I'm going to do my very best I can for you. But without holding – now, there's a great example because Gene did have a couple of fanzines 
that he he did when he was in high school and they were just photocopies that he'd mail out you know in his little circle of friends i can't tell if you just send me a picture i'll try the best i can but i can't ever not verify anything that i can't tangibly hold in my hand would it help you if they made a small like minute long video and sent it to us Anything. I mean, that's the one thing because no different how I sometimes if I if I can't make it, I'll I'll do my little not you know Spencer's craft thing. I'll send my little three minute video and guys, yeah, use that use that tool that Michael provides that uh, three minute video thing. Yeah, sh- you know, show me something if you have a question or. A, but 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 know. but to Mark's point, do keep in mind without physically holding something. I mean, here I can. Does can you tell by looking at this the quality of this book? Just or the pictures at, in it, or or, or or how thick the paper is, or the quality I can of the by printing. you, I can by you holding it and showing it and talking about it. But 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 that's not good enough in my mind to verify something's originality. Meaning, you right. know, in this in this day and age, this book, as great as it is, you would think it was printed by Harper Collins. But you can print. A book like this on your own on demand right and and the technology and and the equipment is there to to create incredibly realistic fakes that even some of the best experts will not be able to tell unless you really take the time to compare it to a known original Want to give you a great example was that Return of Kiss Dynasty book. Remember the one that sold for ten grand yep. in the summertime? Geez, lo and behold, a week later, one was another was one showed up. Hey, whoa, really? Hey, oh, and it's a little grainy. You know, come on, guys. There's so there's so many scumbags out there that want to trick people. That's the tough thing about it. Well, maybe also, we can pick some that are just you know that are helpful that are more general because people do want to know about it. We'll do like an antiques road show. Actually, you know, what we could do is if we did a kiss if we did a kiss convention, we could do a night before and we could do an antiques road show where people bring their their kiss collectibles in and we'll do a, a segment like that. I think that would be great. I really I really do. We could do uh, that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I like. You know what? I tell you what. Uh, I got another great compliment today on uh, Rena. She yeah. she said yeah. how much she likes seeing my uh, my collection. Guys, look. Do I have an amazing collection? I'm not going to be humble. Oh no, it's no. It, it is. It's huge. It's great. But guys, I love seeing your collections too. I belong to those Facebook things with the collectors. I want to see because trust me, no one has everything. Gene doesn't have everything. You know, nobody has everything, and that's what keeps me so passionate about this. Like Mark does not have the four stickers from the float, for instance. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want... But that's what's so fun, though, because I'm just as passionate about 2014 Kiss collectibles as I am about 1974 collectibles and everything in between. I've got a ton of animalized stuff. i got a ton of Asylum stuff clippings and posters and you know pressed i love it i want it all but that's what i mean that's the great thing about being a kiss fan is there's so much to enjoy well and um i want i was thinking about this and i forgot to mention it to you guys before the show but i'd like that's to add another <laughs> that's, that's a... <laughs> exactly i want to add a new segment to next year's show starting in 2015 I would like to 
do an end of the year for 2015 and give the winner something. We're going to have to get like something to give away for the most preposterous statement made on our webpage for the year. So when you guys see something that you think is so insanely out of line, you can nominate someone and we will keep all of them. And then at the end of the year, we'll put the top 20 or so on a sheet and then you guys, all the listeners, can vote on it to see who's going to win. And then the winner will get something. Okay. You're in charge of it. Okay. I'll take care of it. We read enough nuttiness. As it is. <laughs> I think this will just add to it. You're a glutton for punishment. But Absolutely. <laughs> you know what, though? You have to go back, though. You can't do it, like, starting now. You have to. It has to be from an old post because then people are just going to purposefully put... No, 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 just randomly stuff that pops up over the next year for 2015. So, so, somebody's answer in a comment, in a thread, a discussion. Listen, I'll 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 no, I'll nominate one just today that 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 uh, that our friend John Davey posted where he went back and watched or listened to Ace when he was on Chris Jericho's podcast. And and Ace says that um Gene and Paul are full of shit that they don't own the makeup that Ace owns, and I was just like, "That okay?" There, there's my nomination for a stupid, crazy statement of the week. It's like, how many times are we going to listen to this be said over and over again? Just go look at the U.S. Trademark Office and see who owns the trademark. The end of the story, people. Just stop making up these. The oh, Ace said this. <laughs> Ace doesn't know what he's saying half of the time. So there's my nomination. Okay, so John's already on the board. John's on the board. Tommy okay. freezing. So up. we'll get we'll get we'll work on it. We'll figure out the logistics. All right. I'm so starting that, to lose you now too. Let's yeah, call so, it a day. So, so there, there yep. you go, guys. Head over to facebook.com slash three sides of the coin. Head over to uh, <laughs> YouTube.ThreeSidesOfTheCoin. Leave us your comments. Answer your que- uh, answer your homework. And uh, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Jazz, jazz, the jazz shocker. Trip. <laughs> All right, that's it. Until next week. Later. Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry, um, Merry Christmas. No, yes. they, we, no. We're, no we'll one have, more week. This one will go Yeah, up. because it, yes. it or, well, no. Yes, Seven yes, yes. This will go out a couple. So times happy holidays Christmas. to everybody out there. Yeah, well, when whenever it is, happy holidays. Later. For interviews and media inquiries, contact Izzy at IzzyPresleyProductions.com.